Hi, I'm Trinity Wheeler. And I'm Alan Shaw. And this is Rhapsody Radio. We're back. We are back. (laughs) (laughs) Present. Present, present. So look, when we first... First time we came to Charleston, we went to the Charleston Wine and Food Festival. It was Ooh, sort of started how we, on a high note. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. like how we discovered it. We came in March. It was what, like four years ago. Yeah, it was four years ago. Um, and so today soulless. is the day that the preview of the 2020 Wine and Food Festival comes online. And Alan has been asked to be a fitness expert at Y'all, the Wine I'm and an Food expert. Festival. Look at you! <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm so proud of when you. When they said that, I was like. Ex- okay, you're calling me an expert. Okay. Uh, Own great. It. I'm going to just kick your ass at some high cardio, high intensity interval training CrossFit. Is that what you do at the Wine and Food Festival? Um, well, I, before it. There's an event and it's, and it's called Bohemian Rhapsody and it's going to be on the rooftop <laughs> of Uptown Social. Mm, and it's, fancy. it's a workout and then a couple different chefs are going to be there to do their thing afterwards. So I think it's going to be really Cool. So it's on the website today, previewing, and uh, we're t- very excited. Tickets go on sale on Wednesday, and uh, mm, get excited. I'm sure it'll sell out fast. Absolutely. Really excited about today's episode. Me yes. too. We have Kate Fagan on. She is the host of the Free Cookies podcast, Woo-hoo. and also number one New York Times bestseller, and a former commentator for ESPN. We'll be right back with Kate. Yay. Yep. Kate, we are so happy that you are here to join us. How are you? I'm awesome. I'm very happy to be here. Yeah. How's your weekend going? Well, it's, it's going really well so far. We didn't leave the house yesterday, very so nice. that's how you know that's a Winning. great weekend day. Agreed. Absolutely. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. I, we did. Well, we actually didn't leave the gym yesterday for a little bit. That's uh, how you know it's a terrible weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like, where's all the staff at? That's we're right. here alone. <laughs> Yes. No, we're very excited that you're here. Um, We were introduced to you by our uh, sound producer, engineer, extraordinaire, uh, magician, magician, basically, Lindsay. Um, And we wanted to just dive in deep with you. I would love to take a deep dive. Thanks, Lindsay. <laughs> so dirty. We are, That's such there. a journalism um, code word. Yeah, deep dive. absolutely. Deep you know, dive. When you're pitching a story, I like that. You're like, you know, this topic. I want to take a deep dive on it. Oh, wow. So. Yeah. So, so what? What brought you to Charleston? What was the excitement about coming oh, here? My wife was the mm-hmm. excitement. Oh, yeah. I did not see myself as a Southerner or a South Carolinian, if that's how you say that. I'm not sure. South Car- <laughs> Something South like that. South, South yeah. Carolinian, right? That, yeah, that sounds way better. Yeah, yeah. I think that's it. But More proper. my wife had bought a house here well before we met, and her family, her parents had retired here. So when I met her and she said that she lived in Charleston, I just didn't even know what that was. Okay. So... Yeah. I came and visited and... Did you get Sam, uh, Savannah and Charleston confused? Because I, I actually did that for a little... Lo- I'm what? sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's, even, it's even worse. I mean, it yeah. was like a whole soup of the Southern America that was happening. <laughs> Everyone says it could have been you, Charlotte, it could have yeah, been could, Asheville, it could have been just like any all number those of things towns. south of the Mason-Dixon line, they all blend together. Yes. All my friends in New York are always like, how's North Carolina? I'm like, South Carolina. Yeah, they yes. always do that. I'm like, it is not the same. unacceptable, y'all. We have much better barbecue. So I moved down here for love is essentially what mm, happened. That's awesome. No Sweet. better reason. And now I love it. Now, I mean, I came from New York and yeah. now it's it's a little bit of everything down here. Yeah. It sort of checks off. Uh, I mean, I always say this, but it always checks off all the boxes that I was missing in New York. And didn't even know I was and missing. Didn't, yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
I feel like when you live in New York, this is how I felt. You become like, uh, it's like a cult. You get like indoctrinated. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh yes, grocery shopping should be a form of torture. <laughs> you know, like traveling three miles should take an hour. Yeah, like, you this, should be able to sit on your toilet and make the breakfast. Yes, like yes, these are yeah. all things that, uh, this is the way life is. Yeah, yeah. And then you move somewhere else and you're like, you all of a sudden you're, the fog lifts. Yeah. So that's what happened when you have rooms. I always feel like in New York City, it's the go, go, go culture. Yeah. And yeah. then here I feel like I live on my terms so much more than sort of what's happening around me and you're yeah. sort of in control of it. Oh yeah, we, we're mm -hmm. much slower down here. I love so but it's intentional. Be, you're yeah. like a native then. Not not native you're to Charleston. You're talking like a native. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm getting, I've been here for a hot minute. But no, I'm, I'm a southerner. So born and raised in Georgia. And well, then part of Georgia. Saints. Now that I know all the different parts of it. Yeah. It's all good. This will be a pop quiz. So yeah. St. Simons Island, Georgia. I know it's Athens. Great. Sounds wonderful. Okay. In Atlanta. That's not... I mean, that, that's there in Georgia. That's there. Okay. Yeah. yeah. St. Simons is beautiful. Yeah. It is. It's it's part of the Golden Isles. And my favorite is when you, you say you're from St. Simons Island in Georgia and people inevitably will respond with, there are islands in Georgia? Yes. There are that. people. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I feel like JFK Jr. got married on an island in Georgia. Did that happen? Shackle Island. That did happen. Yeah. Well played. Look at there. <laughs> I feel like you had your right this now. morning. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I'll take... Um, <laughs> JFK Jr. trivia for 200, Alex. That's right. It's one of the, yeah. Yeah. So how long have you been in Charleston? 10 years at least, by the way you're talking. I know. I'm going to show my age. Yeah. So uh, I came here for higher education, graduated from the College of Charleston, mm -hmm. and have been here ever since. Nice. So we're coming up on 12 years now, I think, oh, if I do the math. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, I, and, and I'll say, you know, we, my, my boyfriend and I, we love to travel, right? And um, But we have the same feeling where we enjoy going and we love it when we're there and mm -hmm. we're always so ready to come home because we're just thrilled. traveling in general yeah oh yeah that's how we talk about it. Catherine and I my wife talk about that all the time no if I could live at Walt Disney World I would live there 365 uh, <laughs> completely <laughs> so I yeah. I was a cast member for a really long time because no. I, wor oh. I worked for ESPN which is uh, owned oh, by of Disney. Course, yes, of course. Okay, okay, okay. So this like, whole podcast just changed. Yeah, Alan oh, yeah. 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 Wait a you popped were out of his head. No, no, no. You yeah. But the way they try to sell you when you work for Disney, which ESPN is owned by yeah. Disney, yeah. they try to sell you on re-signing. Like, they don't give you more money. They go, do you want this gold pass? Yes. Which oh. lets you into we have any gold Disney passes, World, yeah. Disneyland. Yeah. And there, I, I yeah. didn't know that there were people who coveted that. Because oh, I try to stay as far away from a Disney World <laughs> wait, land experience to, as okay, possible. Okay, 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 okay. You have to come with Trinity and I when you go down, because we don't do it like normal. We don't like go stand in lines so for two and a half bougie. hours. Like, no, 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 no. Like the fast pass. We do all well, the fast passes, right. but we also only so do. We're like, Disney vacation clubs, so we have like you know we stay at the Polynesian right there. It is the Polynesian? I love how it's we're beautiful. Am I supposed to hear yourself yeah, it's, it's right a, now? It's, it's a hotel. So the Beatles like the broke up there. That's where like the Ritz of Disney World. The Beatles broke up at the Polynesian. That's where like the paperwork was signed. True. Yeah. You like to point that out when we're there. It is. I know which room it's at. And do you go visit that room? No, no, I just, I just walk by. Okay, like, that's okay. the room, you know, so, okay. so you stay at the Polynesian, and then there's like a theme to the weekend or event that you're at? Well, well we sit by the pool a lot. And then, and Tequila, then, so don't lie. The, yeah. the, the okay. food scene's going, incredible. Yeah. The food scene's incredible. The yeah. food scene is incredible. In Orlando or in Disney World? In Disney World. In like Epcot Center because it's like yeah, the Epcot's blending great. of all of the... Uh, uh, yeah, Disney yeah. Springs is great. Yeah. So it's really Downtown changed. Disney is really great. Yeah. Downtown. It's awesome. You have to yeah. go. Okay. Yeah. 
All right. I yeah. mean, there's Mickey Mouse. But you need to like come with Donald us Duck though, is where it's because at. we will we will we will organize. We'll go like in the park in the mornings when no one else is there. Because okay. there are like early wait, wait. morning so, passes. So that if you we say yes to this, to this, yes, you're saying that you would. Take us to Disney World, and we could get on the rides without waiting in line. One hundred. We, we're, we're super planners. Okay, we'll 100%. do that. Yeah, yeah we'll, I'll okay. do it. I'll so we're going it. in January, yeah. and I'm running the Dopey Challenge, which is a four day race of five k, ten k. Running well, the Dopey Challenge. Okay. <laughs> it's all about me. You. This race. Right. He actually pulled me into it. We're back to this. Okay, great. So it's Keep a going. four day race, five k, ten k, half marathon, full marathon. <laughs> so it's forty eight miles. Oh, wait, so you, and you do that, like, one mile a day over 48 days? No, no, you do the 5K on day one. <laughs> 48 days in Disney. Yes. It's four so days. I would shoot myself in the face. Yeah. Wait, uh, no. so you finish a 5K. Yeah. The next day you run a 10K. And then you go get a... The next day like, you run a half yeah. marathon. So then you after the 5K, you can probably drink some. Some, so, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Probably between yeah. the half and the full, you probably can't drink no, 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 much. Drink you, have, yeah. you have to be very careful between <laughs> the half and the full. So four that, days. That's, that's like the whole weekend. Yeah, that is a full, very full weekend. So, yeah. so we'll do a lot of park stuff on the front end of the week, not so much okay. on the back end, okay. and then yeah. you know go celebrate. Do you okay. run? Um, I, I do the Peloton. <laughs> <laughs> I know I've heard about this Peloton thing. <laughs> my yeah. back is really bad. I have a really bad okay. lower back from okay. having played basketball. Yeah, and my hips are really tight, so running yeah. is just really hard for me. Okay, okay. So, and that's also why I don't cross. So, it. You also could... because once I do two push-ups, I drop to my knees for the third. So I feel uh, like I also stay away from. Wait, so you're committing to a, a class? Great. So Kate, that, that was your takeaway. I just need your phone email. Phone number, email. We'll get you signed up. On the way here, I was like, "What if I got into CrossFit?" And my wife was like, "I'm not going to be married to a CrossFitter. Oh. There's no <gasps> way." Ouch. <laughs> She's Ouch. shaking her head. I bet she's really cute, though, so I get it. <laughs> I always I said, I'm never going to defend CrossFit. I'm just going to show you CrossFit, and you'll love oh, it, I promise. That's good. Yeah. So you are, <laughs> along with Catherine, your wife, you're the host of the Free Cookies podcast. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about the inspiration for that and what, what brought that about. And what, uh, yeah, tell me about the name, too. Oh, Free know. Cookies? Yeah. We, well, there's a dispute about the name, but I'll put a pin in that. We okay. started the podcast because... I, at the time, I was working for ESPN, and and Catherine still is, but w- she works in yoga wellness mm-hmm. world. Cool. And both of us separately, there were just lots of conversations that w- we couldn't have within our worlds. Like at ESPN, a lot of the work I was doing, you're t- obviously you're talking about sports a lot, right? And you're just not touching on a lot of like the socio political discussions or you're not talking about even like sociological philosophical discussions. You mm-hmm, just, as mm-hmm. anytime I would try to bring that to around the horn or some other show, mm-hmm. just didn't quite have the time, right. you know? Right. So, and separately, Catherine felt the same about a lot of the work she was doing and teaching with yoga that there's just a lot of, we wanted to explore. So we're like, let's start a podcast. Great. Um, and it's the thing everybody's doing is starting podcasts. <laughs> I don't know um, what you're talking yeah, about. Uh, that about. We're just talking um, to the mics right now. Just <laughs> and the name, uh, well, uh, the, I had, when I was in, just out of college, I had made a CD for my best friend called Free Cookies. Oh. And because when we first met, she had a bunch of cookies that on the bus ride to our game. And I'm like, can I have some of those cookies? Yeah. And she thought that I ate them all. And then so I made this CD called Free Cookies. That's why I thought we were calling it Free Cookies. To make up because you actually did eat them all. Yeah, well, I did eat all the cookies, and then I made the CD called Free Cookies. And so I thought Free Cookies was always a really good name for something. Yeah, I get that. Because if you love love cookies and everyone who wouldn't want free cookies, it's like an easy sell. Absolutely, yeah. Um, So I believe that that's why we named it Free Cookies. Okay, what's what's the other 
that, that Catherine and I just kind of brainstormed it together and that it was just Did a rep- she say she came up with that? Um, she's, if you want from the peanut gallery behind me, <laughs> no, she would say it was a collaborative process. Okay. Yeah. And that it basically was just the perfect name to represent that we want people to listen to the podcast and get like, you know, nuggets. Yeah. Okay. Like little takeaways. Yeah, little things. Yeah. You know. About life. About life. I like that. Yes. Yeah. And obviously with your, your history as a, as an athlete in, in basketball and then your history with ESPN, health and fitness has played a huge role in your life. Yes. And not only you yourself as an athlete, but all the athletes that you've been around, do you ever find that there's like a, a commonality between the greats? Yeah. Like what the people that are at, at the real top of the game, what, what do they share in different unique qualities that you have found? Yeah. If you're it? talking about the very top, very top, very top, the elite, I yeah. mean, the absolute pinnacle. Um, I think that the one commonality that I noticed among all of them was that they did not believe in luck. Mm-hmm. Right. Even and we can philosophically discuss whether that's flawed or not, but none of them believed luck played a role in how they got to where they got. Mm-hmm. Like if you look specifically at Kobe Bryant, this, a couple the the L.A. Lakers, great. Mm-hmm. The year he retired, <laughs> I love how you had to well, look at I me. Don't know. I mean, <laughs> she's, like, she's like, you obviously don't like sports. So. <laughs> that's who that is. It has been really hard living yeah. down here and being outside yeah. of the ESPN world. That's, like. Yeah. It's okay. basically LeBron James or bust, right? right you can yeah. mention LeBron James and then after that, Everyone's it's like, like eyes just glaze over. Yeah, absolutely. So I just don't know, yeah. you know, what my audience is. Yeah, touchdown. <laughs> yeah, I think we're, so. We're disappointing down here. It's okay. <laughs> I mean, and, and I, I find this a very interesting discussion, but mm-hmm. uh, Kobe Bryant, the year he retired, there was like this huge profile on him in ESPN. And one of the common th- themes of that entire profile was that Kobe Bryant believed that no matter where he had been no matter where he'd been drafted in the NBA, no matter what opportunities he'd been given at the moments in his career, right. he would have ended up as Kobe Bryant, NBA, 10-time NBA All-Star, Hall of Fame, Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Whereas someone else could look at his career and say, okay, you were born the son of a professional player you lived in Italy while your dad was playing pro ball. Mm-hmm. Then you were drafted at the right moment into the LA Lakers franchise. Right. Mm-hmm. At the moment when they were in transition, you could have been drafted to Milwaukee. You could have been drafted somewhere else outside of this. Like all of these things could have happened where you wouldn't have gotten the playing time. You wouldn't have developed the same way. Right. But if you look at Kobe, then you look at Michael Jordan. I'm kind of sticking in the basketball yeah, yeah, frame yeah. here, but yeah. None of them take that belief. None of them believe luck has anything to do with life. Hmm. And that to me is the one that I could pinpoint that connects um, like fantastic athletes, like the very best of the best. Right. Well, and also like well, it, and what, me- do you, what do you think? Oh, I think that anyone who doesn't believe luck has played a role in shaping their life is delusional. <laughs> but I think that but I think that you have to be delusional um, to be right. the absolute best at something. Well, yeah. I love that. And so Kobe Bryant's delusional in my mind, mm-hmm. but it's delusional in a way that makes him like, if you believed Kobe in Bryant, luck, when yeah. you have the ball with three seconds left, think about how much more you have to process. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. You have to process luck and self-awareness and court awareness. And like, instead of just thinking luck has nothing to do with this, I'm 100% in control. my own oh. godlike creation. Yeah. Of course I'm going to make this shot. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, right. Yeah. I mean, you know, you talk about, um, being elite and what we see in media and on social media is is the highlight reel, right? And we see 
the result of all the work that people put in to get to where they got. My dad was a professional bull rider. And I remember stories, you know, when I was, I was younger and he was on the national level, you know, just walking the fence line for balance. And he would just, you know, the, all of the work that he sort of put into that to get to where like he got. Like actually on top of the fence. Yeah. Yeah. And he'd literally walk the fence line wow. and that's how he practiced balance. Um, and, you know, he was fifth in the world right before I was born, you know, yeah. so it's pretty amazing. But that, the, the, when you look back at photos, you just see the end result, you know, yeah. you see the trophies and you see all that. You don't see all the work. So with you, when did you know early on that you had this love for sport and basketball? I mean, that first of all, I lived in Ellensburg, Washington for a number of years. And by mm-hmm. the way, they have a rodeo, a very famous rodeo, the oh. Ellensburg Rodeo. Oh. But, so I have a rodeo connection and whenever I can flaunt that, which is extremely <laughs> rare. You just wanted to drop that little I did. nugget. I just like, like, and uh, I had to cover the rodeo. Yeah, yeah. So, like bucket list. So whenever check. someone mentions rodeo, I'm like, I fucking know about rodeo. Um, <laughs> I, you know, and not, so w- when did I know like I loved sports? And right. I don't know that I can take you back to an origin point because my dad played professional basketball Mm -hmm. and it wasn't as if I in a sea of everything chose sports and basketball Mm -hmm. it was like I had a very narrow lane where sports was just a part of everything we did yeah and my dad was so good at basketball that I started to see very early results playing basketball that other kids couldn't see because their dad wasn't like, you know, a, a professional basketball course, player. So right. all of a sudden I'm good at this thing. And that to me is more how I started fueling my motivation and progress was like, cause I don't think, I think there's very little in our culture that derives as much social capital for our kids than sports. Mm-hmm. Like right. mm-hmm. what else when you're growing up, gives you the adoration of your peers, your parents, and like the parents of your peers in sports. Yeah. There's very little. And And also that connection with your dad as well, because like from your book, like you were talking about, that's how you were brought up. You guys like went and shot hoops. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So it was like a common language. And so, I mean, I loved it for, I can't say that I loved it independent, like as a sport, would I have played it if I was like living by myself somewhere and there was none of this surrounding you know, reflection back on me of like, I'm great at something and it's connected to my dad. Um, so that's kind of how I got into it. I mean, and questioning the love, I mean, I I wouldn't even say I loved it. I would just say I was really good at it. Yeah. Yeah. And that fueled it. Right. I know, I know that when, uh, cause when we had set this up and we started sort of doing research on you and, and I started reading your book and I, um, being, a young gay kid coming out mm-hmm. and also having a, an immense passion for what I was doing, like theater and singing and acting and, and doing all that. Um, and having to go through, um, sort of that mental battle of figuring out how to fuel, how to use that as fuel versus stopping me in fear. Um, I connected to immediately cause I, I mean, I remember my time when I was in, uh, when I was in high school and I came out, but my parents were like getting divorced and like all that stuff started to go out the window. But like me and my passion allowed me to drive forward through my life versus like stopping me in my tracks. And like, you know, like you hear a lot of times where some people let it stop completely. So I just was like really touched by that, which is cool. Yeah. 
No, I mean, basketball was definitely like the the, thing. the path and the, the yeah. journey that it was. You there was a forward progress, and I knew how to make things progress. Right. When right. it came to basketball, whereas like other maybe emotional parts of life or yeah. family parts, when they stall, you I at least had the like algorithm to move forward in a different lane in my life. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. What fascinates me about sports is you know obviously the the, the physical feats that people are able to accomplish in sports but also the mindset that it builds and and how you can take the mindset that you use in competition and in training and apply that into into life and i i think you know growing up as a theater kid in, in high school sports were like this really far distant thing that i just wasn't a part of and um and now that i'm older and 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 so involved in crossfit and now the sport of crossfit we we see a lot I see the amazing benefits that sport has on people's lives and, mm-hmm. and on the mindset side and, and how people train and compete and how that weaves into their lives and careers. So is there any... And there's so, many, there's so many correlations with that too. That's a lot of times how I train Stephanie and Owen as well. Right. Is using the same mindsets that we did when we were younger. So, so are there anything that you learn from sport um, that, that you apply, have applied in your career and in, in your life? Yeah, I mean, I think of course there, of course there are, because I mean, I, I remember from probably like age twelve was when I started. Like, I would create a calendar for every month, and I would write down whether I took because there's a, there were a number of different facets when it came to basketball. Like, mm-hmm. you couldn't just go run, you couldn't just work on cardio, you couldn't just work on strength. You also had to work on skill, mm-hmm. and then not just all those three, but then you had to work on like, did you play actually play? Because mm-hmm. you can't, you know, you can't just practice those three things. You actually had, like had to play pickup games or whatever. So I remember putting up a calendar on my in my bedroom when I was like twelve or thirteen, and so when it when it comes to like the concept of like work ethic and understanding work, to me that was one that that was the framework or like the operating system mm-hmm. for my life that I understood best. Right and. Now I would actually say I'm trying to break it down because mm-hmm. I don't want to apply it to everything. And I and I was thinking about this, you know, even before the podcast. I think I don't think our kids are given enough operating systems for their life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think the one that we're best at in our culture is like work hard. Mm-hmm. Not that you necessarily know the smartest way to work, but you do know like if you work hard and work ethic are like the thing to like achieve some level of success. I think what's hardest is figuring out for different parts of your life what you a different operating system. Mm-hmm. Cuz like that's the one I know and that's the one that is like intrinsic in everything I do and yet maybe right now at age 37 I don't I don't want to be fucking making a calendar and like charting my progress. Like that's actually yeah. making me unhappy. Right. right. But I don't have a different operating system than that. And so you know, and it's hard to learn things new when you're like 36, 37. And so I'm like, I kind of, that's like my default one. So instead of being like really proud of it and like, oh yeah, like I see this in all these forms of my life, I'm actually like, oh my God, fuck, like yeah. I need a new <laughs> yeah. one. Yeah. That's it's like, how I it's feel your about go-to. It. And, and I think that's a really interesting perspective because I, we talk about this a lot, especially in the entrepreneurial space where you'll see people grind themselves into the ground because all they know to do is to work harder. So when they meet points of resistance 
or things aren't moving as fast as they need them to, or there, there are things undone. It's, I just need to put in more hours. I need to respond faster. I need to always be on my email. And so you, you have this, I I call it the cycle of glorifying busy. Mm -hmm. And so there's this, if I'm not running at full sprint, a hundred percent of the time, I'm not doing enough. Mm. And that's a really damaging system. Yeah. Like if that's your default, because that's not sustainable at all. No. And so what, at what point did you feel like you, you realized you had to do something different? At what point in your career did you realize that was your default and how did you kind of practice some new muscles? Um, so there's actually a moment when I realized that was like my default. And that was, so the second book I wrote was called What Made Maddie Run. Mm-hmm. And um, we got pretty, like I was working at ESPN and... Um, so I, ESPN was very gracious in like letting me go on Sports Center to talk about this book. We got on the Trevor Noah show to talk about the book because the topics within it were really important to like the nation's youth. And right. So yeah. he had me on. So the moment when I knew I was like all of my like my default mode and this hustle mode was going to be never ending was like that week my agent called and was like the book made it on the New York Times bestseller list. And the next email I got was, okay, now next week we're going to be even higher. <laughs> and I was like, oh, so this is what it fucking is. This is yeah. it. This is it. This is it. This is the thing. This is like when you're a kid, right? Where you, like, and you see someone, you're like, oh, they, they made it on the New York Times bestseller. It's like, that must be this feeling. And this is the pinnacle right. and all that. Yeah. And it was like within 90 seconds. <laughs> It was the bar that, just got moved. The bar, yeah, yeah. like the goalpost got moved, and then I was like, "This is gonna, ne- this is never gonna stop." Uh, yeah, it's never stopping. The only like I could keep doing this forever, right? And I was like, and I don't, and it, it wasn't even like a good feeling. Yeah, there yeah. was no good feeling within yeah, yeah. it, and I'm like, I'm a writer. This should be the pinnacle of writing. Sure. And instead, I was like, all I felt was kind of like empty, yeah. and so that 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 for me was like. Oh, I need a new operating system that I run yeah. my life on. And I still am I still don't quite know what it is. I just know I don't want that operating system. Sure. You don't want to be relieved when you achieve success. Yeah. Does that make sense? Right. It's like you 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 get there and and it should be this feeling of accomplishment and reward and like cause for <clears throat> celebration. But but for me, like moments like that, it yeah. was the realization that instead of being excited and feeling celebratory about it, mm. I was just relieved. Like, oh fuck, good, I pulled it off. Yeah. And then on to the next. I mean, yeah. also talking about having rhapsody in the last like year and a half, I there is this level when you get to those certain achievements, you're like, fuck yes, we did it. And then I'm like, oh shit, we did it. Now hopefully it doesn't go away. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So there's now, that like going equal lower level. feels like a failure. Yes. yes. Yeah. And that is like the the mental game that I always find myself on a weekly basis being like, man, we accomplished that. That's awesome. I was like, man, I do I don't want that to go away. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, the what's the next step? And that's like I I would be interested to hear more about like what steps you're taking towards that new operating system or what 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 in that operating system allows you to feel yeah. Like, okay, or present in the moment. Guys, I'm trying. I was going to say, tell I'm us your ways, Obi-Wan. I'm the same way. Yeah. I mean, no, I mean, it's like, it's I like mean, a I scary love... mishmash, you know? Yeah, like, I hear you. 
I I don't quite I, and that's why I think our our culture's like kind of work ethic I call it the operating system. Mm-hmm. It's like the one you kind of go into because it's like it makes sense. Yeah, it just and like, it's like yeah. And for a lot of us, it feels natural. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. I mean, it's like a, just a mishmash. Okay. More than anything, I was like, oh, I, I don't know that I actually even know who I am outside of. Of what you do. Yeah. Outside of. Yeah. Like, if really, I was like, I didn't, if you stripped away everything I've quote unquote accomplished mm-hmm. and I couldn't tell people that, or I, that's how people couldn't relate to me, or mm-hmm. I was like, who would I be? Be really, am, and I am I okay with being that person? Like, would I be okay twenty years from now if I didn't quote unquote accomplish anything now? Right, because right? it's like, yeah. how long can you live off of? Oh, I wrote this book twenty five years ago. Right, right. I, I think that I would feel like I was <laughs> inferior, I, and so so I'm not giving you solutions. I'm more like all of this is like a mishmash of like I I really need to figure out who I like how I'm going to be in the world outside of yeah just. Writing, you know, that constant like yeah. So, just but I don't the have list of accomplishments. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, because yeah. it's 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 the same thing. I mean, the most e- the easiest way to explain is when you look at Instagram, right? You have X amount of fo- followers, and then if you lose some, and it like the number actually drops, it's like this weird feeling in your stomach that yeah, you're like, what did yeah, I do? you're like, why yeah. do I care? And also like, what what is what happened that made them go away? Yeah, yeah. 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 So, you I'm, know, so I was listening to some of y'all's older episodes of Free Cookies, and one of my favorite questions that y'all ask is after you make the introduction for the guest, yeah. you say, so how was that for you? Oh, yeah. And yeah. I love that question. <laughs> how would you do it differently? How, well, yeah. right, really, because that's, mm-hmm. that's yeah. what the question you're begging, right, is, you know, I think when, and, and my boyfriend Steve and I talk about this all the time, because like when people introduce him, it's as, you know, the co-owner of Frothy Beard Brewing Company. And he's like, I'm more than that, you yeah. know, and, and it might not be particularly exciting to you, but that's just one facet of my life. And so what I love about that question is it almost asks, how would you prefer to be introduced? Like what's yeah. most important to you? Because we do, we default to that. These are the things I've accomplished. Log line, if right. you will. Yeah. And then there's like the one sentence at the end. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, this is actually oh, what matters. And married to so and so, and living in this and they, and they, bowls, which is how they spend ninety nine percent of my time <laughs> is that last sentence, that right? Yeah. It's like my actual identity. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. we and when you're gay, sometimes you lie in that last sentence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At least in women's basketball, you did. You're like, wow. Married to Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> in Indiana. Oh. Alan's from Indiana. I, I know. Yeah, I that's why I mentioned yeah. Indiana. Yeah. You're from Texas. Yeah, I am. Tyler. Tyler, Texas. Wow. That's right. Right. The the, the, the Texas Rose Festival. That's where the Texas Rose Festival oh, yeah, is. Yeah, it's Tyler, a Texas? very very big deal. Oh, yeah, it's like hasn't transcended though, so that none of us knew. Yeah. Right. So right, I haven't experienced <laughs> right. that yet. So is that after Disney World? Is that yeah, our field trip? Yeah, yeah, I mean, we're going to Tyler, Texas. Yes, <laughs> there's yes. a parade and lots of queens. Like uh, Rose Queens and all that. So. Oh, gay men. No, I wasn't <laughs> talking so about. Like, it wasn't, no, is this uh, more like pageant uh, queens? Uh, you yeah. parades in Queens. There's just uh, only like, one thing that can be. This is so funny because we actually talked about Queens in our last episode. So this is going to be pretty funny. <laughs> actual, wait, what is an actual queen now? Because actual yeah. queens to me are gay men. Yeah. I mean, but yes. there's like a that, like, not like Queen Elizabeth. That's to me that's, is like the secondary. That's yeah. She's yes. below. That's, that's like royalty. Yeah, yeah. That's royalty. Yeah. <laughs> I will say my definition of a queen has changed within the past year of having y'all in my life. You should uh, be proud of that. Hey, well, thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. I, uh, 
I uh, have worked really hard for that. Uh-huh. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I hear you, Kate, on about the pinnacle things because you know my growing up as a theater guy and and Broadway was this is my life's mission. You know, in, in, in our industry, that's the pinnacle. And you know, you work on it. You go show to show, and then eventually one day I got to be on Broadway, and literally on opening night of of my Broadway show, I was like, "Oh, this is it. What's next?" It was like I had so defined myself yeah. prior to that as that is what I am going for, and that's what I lived and breathed. And to me, there was not much complexity to me other than what's my next show? How am I going to achieve this goal? And now that I've achieved it. Actually, life has become, for me, so much more enjoyable because I'm starting to discover all these other things about myself. You know, you can, I can, like, commit uh, and, and put time into my marriage and friends. And, and so friends have become a lot, a, a lot of importance to me. And I just think it's, it's interesting after you sort of achieve something, like, what do you do next? Yeah, and I knew that 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 life's not for me. That life of like, hey, what's my next Broadway show and mm-hmm. the next Broadway show, right? But like, mm-hmm. let's go just do something and build something of our own. And I'm just like you. I'm just like totally discovering. I don't have all the answers, but yeah, figuring it out. And do, my, yeah. but do you sometimes look at Broadway still and maybe get like a pang of jealousy if you see someone get a role, like, or if you complete? Because I'll still like see ESPN colleagues and they might like get moved on to a show, and I'll be like. Fuck! I should have stayed. Yeah. Or like ah. Uh. I mean, personally, I I have that. I have that because now I've completely, ch- really changed my careers, um, and so I do. I it's not like jealousy necessarily as like, uh, FOMO. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like serious. Like, man, I do remember those times, and those were some pretty awesome, um, exciting times. But at the same time, I also am very thankful for where I'm at, I am too. So I, it is yeah. that, that dichotomy, right? It's that, that back and forth. Do yeah. you go down the what if rabbit hole? Oh, all the time. Yeah. Like we, what if yeah. I went that route yeah. or what if I chose this career path instead? What would that look like? Well, I had a lot, when I was growing up, I didn't go to college, like a four year college. So in, uh, when I was growing up, I had some major what ifs because of the fact that I felt like I wasn't, um, smart because I did not go to a four-year college. And it's weird because... You think I, those things were directly correlated? 100%. 100%. So, like, growing up, you didn't think you were, like, stupid? Uh, so when I was growing up, I thought, like, I, I thought up until that moment, like, because I moved to New York City when I was 18 to pursue my acting career. Yeah. And so, like, I bypassed, because I went to Interlochen Arts Academy for my, my high school career. And, and so, like, when I, when I look back at it, I'm like do I wish I would have went to Boston Conservatory for musical theater? Or do I, like, the, right. the opportunities that I did have. And it is sort of, it's interesting because that mindset also comes into play of being, like, the what if of the, I feel sometimes I was, like, back in the day I felt, like, less than because I didn't have that, that like, that degree to mm-hmm. say that I went to this certain prestigious place in order to move forward. So I don't know, I don't know. I do want to d- dive in just a little bit just about, like, not very many people know what it feels like coming out. Mm-hmm. Like it is a, it is a, it is a journey. Let's just say. Yeah. Um, and having been like, that's why I feel like I really connect to you too. Is that like you had this passion and you also had this coming of coming out journey and how those like coexisted together and also sort of the things that you learned along the way and that have really defined and shaped you as a person today. Yeah. Sort of dive into those a little bit. 
And I, yeah, I feel, I don't know if this is a correct correlation, but so I was coming of age and realizing that I was gay in the women's basketball world, mm-hmm. which is filled with a lot of women who are pretending that they're not gay. Right. And yeah. sometimes I Sort of think, like in the theater yes, world. Yeah. So I feel like <laughs> men who come of age and, you know, again, I haven't lived that life, so I don't know. I don't know if there's as yeah. much closeting in for men in musical theater as there is for women. Probably not. Right. Yeah. In women's college basketball. And, and right. it could be, I mean, it's just different, like, and I used to write and talk about this a lot, that yeah. like in in the the world that I was in, the overlords of that world were still like mm-hmm. white male athletic directors who right. would fire you. Whereas I'm assuming in the musical theater world, it was still gay men. Totally. Who totally. would continue yeah. to hire you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. so Absolutely. those things were a little different. So, I mean, yeah. but it was very influential for me that I was coming of age in a women's college basketball world where everyone I saw around me thought being gay was the worst thing you could be. Totally. Yeah. And yeah. so that's how I indoctrinated myself. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I, I even remember sitting down with my coach who like I, some of us knew was had a partner, mm-hmm. but she didn't tell recruits. The general public didn't know. And her advice was like, Oh, that, that, that should be your strategy. Right. Is you should have your little pocket of people who know and keep you somewhat sane. Mm-hmm. And yet the larger world should not know. Right. And, you know, and this, this person was my mentor. So, like, of course, I'm like, oh, game plan. This yeah. is my game plan. Great. So, th- so the coming out process for me, I think, was probably even more complicated because mm-hmm. it was happening in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- so that's how I lived for, I would say, about four five, six years mm-hmm. after college. Okay, yeah. Was So with my parents, I told them, but then I stopped talking about it. Right. I didn't yeah. reinforce Just, the idea. Yeah. I didn't talk about people I was seeing. So for them, it was like, maybe it was a face. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. maybe she's yeah. not gay. Yeah. So that was happening. Uh-huh. And then in addition, I professionally just believed I would be fired if I came yeah. out. Totally. So didn't tell anyone at any newspaper I worked for. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then when I started working for the Philadelphia Inquirer and covering the 76ers, didn't tell anyone. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I was at ESPN. I wasn't working for them, but like I did a freelance work for them. And one of their editors was walking out of a meeting and like said something about like a bunch of lesbians and women's basketball. And I was like, oh, wow, people know that? You know, one, I'm like, whoa. And then second, she, she was like, I can say that because I'm gay. And I was like, wait, she's telling people that she's gay? <laughs> What's happening? And yeah. apparently everyone thinks this is fine. Yeah. And yeah. funny uh-huh. and like yeah. they're cool. Okay. And it just like blew my mind. Okay. And like ESPN's fine with it. Yeah. People still talk to her. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like right after that that I I started to like let break it trickle down. out. Yeah. And then and I and so the last thing I'll say about like for me, the coming out process. It happened, it started when I was like, you know, 20 and mm-hmm. it probably didn't, I mean, it's, it goes on all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, even now if I'm in an Uber somewhere that I don't know totally, and they ask me something, I don't necessarily say my wife. Yeah. Just in case. Yeah. I don't think they'd be shocked I'm gay, you know, but like, I don't know. There's still some weird stuff that still happens. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you guys feel. Oh, oh. We, we were at Home Depot the other day and I kicked myself in the ass afterward. We were like getting some keys made and the guy was like, are you guys twins? And I was like, no, just friends. And I was like, oh, why did I just say that? Like, right? I, mean, I, I get say pissed like, because I came out when I was like 15. Yeah. So I'm like, I 
I don't give a fuck. Right. I'm like, okay, if I offend you, I offend you. Like, yeah. I am I am a gay man who has a husband. So when they're like, are y'all brothers? And I'm like, no, I'm married to him. Right. Thank no you. matter where you are, no, no matter, matter the circumstances. And I find myself... And I'm like reading the environment I, I'm always. totally, I'm like, where am I at? Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Where's like, the exit yeah. strategy? Yeah. yeah. That's okay. Yeah. You know. And I think that's like my, I, you know, that's my own like internalized bullshit. <laughs> yeah. I know it. Because Catherine, my wife, like, she she's way more like, no, I'm not dropping your hand here. Yeah. And I'll kind of like be like kind of wriggling out of her hand. <laughs> the exact same way. <laughs> you know, if I see kids. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Don't want to corrupt them. Yeah. I mean, it's not that bad anymore. But like if I see a group of guys maybe that I think are like drunk, mm, fratty, yeah. I'll be like trying to get out of her hand. Yeah. And she'll be like, no. Yeah. We're holding hands. And we're walking down the street. Absolutely. Um, but, but anyway, the last thing that I will say is that like I... I kind of started the real coming out process at ESPN when I would start to write openly about it. And this mm-hmm. was when Michael Sam, right. I'm looking to you guys for a validation that we know yeah. who Michael yes. Sam is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> got drafted into the NFL for your listeners Hashtag as an sports. openly gay man. Yes. Um, I was writing a lot more about it. And I noticed that once I was like really out and open, mm-hmm. like my writing was just so much better. Yeah. It, it was so much better. Yeah. It just was like my, I wasn't bitter. I wasn't angry. I had more empathy for people. Did more people start to reach out to you, uh, sort of giving you support? Oh yeah. All the, yeah. And the, and the sports world was just like craving yeah. people to talk about it and like have yeah. insights about it, you know, cause it's, it's a very different dynamic in the sports world about men and women and what the experiences are like for them. Right. Yeah. Did you experience the backlash you'd expected or... Oh, no, I mean, none personally, mm-hmm. but I mean, I like, it's still hard for me when I was doing TV at ESPN, like I would never go do, I used to do the show called Around the Horn mm-hmm. or I'd, I'd do, I'd host Outside the Lines. Like I never went and did a show for ESPN and didn't go back to my Twitter handle and have someone be like, you, you know, calling me Justin Bieber or like a dyke. I love Justin like, Bieber. I mean, okay. yeah, but like, as a woman, yeah, you don't no, want to be yeah. a dumb. It's not the greatest. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Nothing against Justin Bieber. No, I get it. I get it. Like, I totally. You probably don't want to be compared to a woman, right? Uh, I sometimes am referred to, um, especially on the phone. They're like, yes, ma'am. And I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, no, so, yeah like that would trigger all kinds of like, anxiety. <laughs> um, so yeah, like I still, the, but again, that's not like my personal world. Right. Um, but it, But I would go back and read it. You know, and, and I'd be like, oh, should I change? Should I grow out my hair? Should I do this? And then I'm like, fuck it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Absolutely. And just just like live in your own skin. Yeah. So one thing we ask everyone that's on the show is um, if they only knew, um, what do you wish people knew about you? That I can talk like Donald Duck. No, that's not the real one. But. Please. Uh, I mean, you're, 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 yeah, this, this Disney uh, trip is getting better and better. Yeah. Uh, so now that you can do that, you've got to do it. Know. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good, right? I can't say a lot because it's hard to articulate as Donald yeah. Duck. Yeah. I don't know how that voice person really says all the words. I'm officially yeah. in love. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm a big fan of Donald Duck. Yeah. Um, You're the first woman action- I've ever been in love with. <laughs> It's non-physical, yeah, but non-physical. I really love you. Yeah. <laughs> um, actual thing that people don't... Oh, my wife is writing. I was looking to her for support. <laughs> She's like, you're no. on your on own. On deck, Catherine. Damn. 
Yeah. Okay. Is are there any other questions and that can like percolate in the background? Is that the one that I need to like? That that's really... like that's like the wrap up here. Oh, yeah. I think the Donald Duck one is a really special one. And if in the next yeah. couple of minutes I come up with something better than that, yeah, people don't know about you, or maybe that's that you wish people knew about you. Yeah. Oh. So maybe well, like I guess so. Like this is so. This is something I dealt with at ESPN because I I always what what ended up happening at ESPN was like they needed women to be the voice of like the domestic violence issue in sports mm. and sexuality issues and like sexual assaults that happen on college campuses. It was like we were the women at ESPN were the some of the only ones who had like had thought about the issue beyond come on, we just need to play our football anyway. You right. Know? Yeah. yeah. And so I, I think people think I'm way more serious than I am. And I think mm. that even because I of like some journalism background plus like social anxiety where I'll ask a lot of questions normally, I think people think I'm very serious and I'm not very serious at all yeah. actually. <laughs> but I think so. I, but again, it's like for your listeners who I've never met that that's, you know, not I will like, say though, like in prepping for this podcast, I was looking at all your stuff. I was like, okay, it's very serious. Like we got to really like prep for this and like freaking yeah. read the books, y'all. Like we got to get this done. <laughs> yeah. But it's like it's like it's game time. <laughs> it's get game your time. shit together. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I do appreciate people who like are prepared oh, and like 100%. have good questions. But I just am not that like intense. Yeah, the way it might seem that yeah. I am. Your persona the versus the actual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I talk like Donald Duck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she just does Donald Duck. I love it. I, just, I mean, if Can I you said say something else, else yeah, like it? give me yeah. a sentence. You won't. Well, you'll um, know what it is because you told Let's me. go get tea. <laughs> See, it's harder. Oh, it's like, oh my god! So you know that's as good saying. as my sex phone operator voice. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's good, baby. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> um, that's amazing. Thank you. Wow. Okay, Clearly, I have to um, expand my verbiage within <laughs> my voice. Um, okay, so where can people find you? People can find me. Well, uh, free cookies. We're on Instagram yes. at Free Cookies Podcast. Is our Instagram page? Okay. Um, I'm at Kate Fagan three. My wife is at Catherine Budig. What's the three? I love John Starks. Now there's a real sportsing knowledge question for you. Do you know who John Starks is? Oh, I thought you. Oh, I thought you were talking about Game of Thrones. No, <laughs> I totally. <laughs> no, we totally thought no. you were talking about the Starks. I was like, basketball oh, I watch it. Like, player. Like, oh, yeah. Game of Thrones. Wait, yeah. but is John? There's, from Winterfell is his last yeah. name Starks. He's a, he's snow. a snow. He's a snow. He's a snow. He's a snow. The, they are the Starks. He could, some people could refer to him as John Stark. John Stark. If they yeah. yes. didn't got it wrong. Yeah. He was he's like he Targaryen. Yeah, he's a Targaryen, but, but yeah. This yeah, yeah. is important to me. John Starks <laughs> was the shooting guard for the New York Knicks yeah. in the nineties. Okay. And that was when I was growing up. Uh, and so I would watch all eighty two games, and he was like wow. my he was my guy. He was my role model, he's, which is crazy because. That's awesome. That's he shouldn't awesome. be someone's role model. That's our free cookie. <laughs> now we know who John Starks is. Now you know who John Starks is. He's yeah. like a cult NBA legend. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I'll look him up. You look him up. We need to go shoot hoops. We should, That's because I called. saw your form. <laughs> I <laughs> say, Kate will lose all Let's respect go for hurl, us. The, hurl the ball at the hoop. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I have to say, I, I played basketball a little bit in high school. I mean, I never got to play. But, um, but you were on the team. I was on the team, and I did the water in the Gatorade mix. But, but you were on the team. You could have been put in the game. Yes, you could have. You weren't just doing the That water. wasn't going to happen, though. Yeah, you weren't. 
but um, I, I literally made the Gatorade and the big like thing. No. It's really cute to watch him dribble a ball. Is it is it cute? It's cute. It's cute as in like I he's good at it. I would no. I mean, like as his husband, I would think it was cute. Or, Other right. people would be like, I, "You're not playing in our game." Yeah, if, yeah, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> like like you, use, a you need yeah. to pare it down to one hand, not yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's hard. It's hard. It's very hard. hard. It's hard that one-handed dribbling thing. <laughs> it's been awesome to have you on the you show. Guys. I'm so Thanks happy. Yeah, absolutely. I have a total girl crush. <laughs> so do I. I think we all do. I think we all yeah, do. We all fell in love a little bit. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I, and I feel like I could have had the luck conversation for hours. That's just such a neat takeaway and theme about the role that luck plays. And you have to work yourself into a position to get lucky. Yeah. For sure. But for I also sure. dig the delusional. So that's what I'm going to do from now on. I'm yeah. just going <laughs> to go into just like, play down yeah. to it. Just yeah. being delusional about my greatness. Yeah. Yeah. So on the next episode, it will be Charleston Pride. Ooh. And we yeah. have Sam Griffin on. He is the founder of Griffin and Company. And he's going to be on to talk to us about all things about dreams and dreaming big. And, we love uh, him so much. I can't wait. I actually personally totally train him. He's... Uh, we do Broadway workouts, just so you're aware. We do Broadway music in the gym for personal training. <laughs> and they Sign love it. Up. And they yeah. love it. Sam and they hates get... every second of it. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> but Alan loves to torture him. Yep. Uh, remember, you can engage with us on Instagram at Rhapsody Radio Show or email us at info at rhapsodyradio.com. We will see you in two weeks. Bye, guys. Bye.